0: Welcome home, you're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're so glad to have you with us on this broadcast again today. Listen, I'm coming to you again from the sanctuary here at Legacy Church, Green Mountain Falls, Colorado, where our good God is doing good things. And in just a moment, you and I are gonna go into service together. We've been having services here in this room, in this sanctuary, some of the most powerful times in the presence of God that Sarah and I have ever personally been a part of, and we want you to be a part of it as well. Before we get into that though, let me give you the good report about what God has done for us just in these last few weeks. Many of you know that we have been involved together for a, uh, solidly for a couple of years now in what we've called our Buy Up and Build Out project focused here on this 30,000 square foot facility that I'm in right now, sitting on a, over 150 acres of land here in the beautiful mountains of Colorado, just outside Colorado Springs. And we have been in faith together for hundred dollars per square foot and what we believed that would enable us to do is get this church open and partners, those of you who have been sowing into this project, you've added faith, you've added love to us and to this project and the last time I reported to you here on the broadcast, we were at about 96% complete, but just in the last few weeks, you ready for some good news? We are over 100% complete. That means this part of the project is done. It's paid for, glory to God. Come on, Father, we thank you for it. You've been so faithful to us. We give you all the praise for the good work you've done and the greater things that are just ahead in Jesus' name. Now listen to this. Those of you who have sown into it, look at what you've done. Look at what your seed has accomplished. Let me just show you some of the befores and afters of what's taken place here at Legacy Church. When we moved here, oh gosh, a year and a half or close to two years ago, This place needed a lot of love. It needed a lot of work. It needed a lot of uh, of sewing, and that's what you've done. Uh, Look at what this sanctuary used to look like. It was just a, a basketball gym, and now it is a beautiful sanctuary dedicated to the glory of God. The outside of this building needed a lot of work. We didn't have a parking lot. And the county required us to put one in. So look, that's what happened. And it's beautiful. We thank God for it. And I just want to say to you partners, once again, how grateful, how thankful we are that you heard the voice of the Lord and you sowed in faith and you sowed in love and look at what it, it has accomplished. And uh, there will be more to come, still more work to be done here on this property. But our goal in this first, uh, first phase of the project was to get this place open. And that's a Exactly what has happened. We've been having services together since the first weekend of December, and uh, we're just uh, thoroughly enjoying our time with our new church family. And I want to let you know, too, wherever you're watching this, uh, if you want to come visit us, these doors are open, and we'd love to have you. We'd love to see you. Uh, we have been as a church. Looking at something Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10, familiar words to us. He said, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. That's what we're focusing on as a church in 2021. We've got a word from the Lord and we believe that this year is a year of living life more abundantly abundantly. And that's what we're going to talk about today as we get into the word together. In just a moment, Sarah's going to be sharing with you and our church congregation some glory stories. Those are just reports of the good things that our good God has done in the lives of our partners and this church family as well. And then we'll get into the word together. Before we do that, let me give you another opportunity today to sow into the ongoing outreaches of Legacy Television. We've got some big vision and some changes we're going to uh, be making in the coming year and the coming months and and we're excited about the, the reach of this broadcast going out further than it's ever gone before. The Lord's talking to us about it. And if you want to sew into it, there's a number, a number of ways you can get involved. If you want to give online today, you can do that at PearsonsMinistries.com. Or if you'd like to text your offering, you can do that by simply texting LTV and any dollar amount. To the number 28950. And that text option is for those of you watching inside the United States. If you'd like to mail your offering, you can do that using the address that you see right there on your screen. Father, we thank you and praise you for the good work you've begun in us. We call you faithful to finish it and we bless the giving of the people today in Jesus name. Amen. Let's go right now into a Sunday service from right here at Legacy Church, Green Mountain Falls, Colorado. And I'll be back at the end of this broadcast to pray with you before we go. In John chapter 10, Jesus is speaking, and we spent several weeks and uh, several sessions looking together at everything he said here, especially in these first 10 verses, but for time's sake, let's just center in on what he said in verse 10. Jesus said, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it, say it with me. More abundantly. More abundantly. You know, the interesting thing about this is everyone Jesus said this to was alive. Everybody in that moment, whether it was a disciple or somebody in a crowd who heard his words, they all had a heartbeat in their chest. And I think many people, and you see this other places in scriptures, they heard his words but because they just took a surface glance at it, because they never looked deeper or beneath the surface, they missed out on what he was actually saying. I mean, think about it. If you've never heard these words before and you're standing there, you've got a heartbeat, you're alive, you're not dead, you're not in the ground or in a box somewhere and somebody says, I came to give you life. Well, you might look at him and say, too late, buddy, I'm, I'm alive. I'm, look, here I am, standing here right in front of you, talking, moving, I'm alive. But evidently, Jesus meant more. Evidently, Jesus is saying to us, there's more to life than just a heart beating in your chest. In John chapter eight, just a a couple of chapters before this, you remember when Jesus said these words in verse 31, he said to those who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But listen to their response in verse 33. They answered and said, we're Abraham's descendants. We have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? See, there again, people are just taking a surface look, a surface glance at what Jesus was saying. And he's telling them, listen, if you abide in my word, I'll make you free. And they're going, what are you talking about? We are free. Were they free? No, they were anything but free. That's why Jesus said the spirit of the Lord's on me because he's anointed me. We've talked about this to preach the gospel to the poor, to uh, heal the brokenhearted, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them who are oppressed, to to set at liberty them that are in prison. And whether you were physically in prison or not, what Jesus is saying is this is the condition of you and me and the entire world until you meet him, until you know him, you're in prison. Now you may be out walking around these streets, but on the inside, you're locked up until you come into contact with that anointing. But see, you've got to learn to take a deeper look at it. So when Jesus said, I came that you'd have life and have it more abundantly, evidently that should say to you and to me, there's more to this life than just being quote unquote alive. There's more life available to us. We talked uh, a couple of weeks ago. Do you remember us talking about the epochal moment? We looked at scriptures when, G- when, the, when the word said, at that time Jesus said to them and he began to talk to them about the rest that was available. Come to me all, he said, who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Other translations bring out that that time was more than just uh, a time of day, a time of week. It was a, an apocal moment, a strategic moment, a specific moment in time. And we've talked about this quite a bit, but that the apocal moment marks the beginning of a new development, a new era. You remember us talking about that? That's what an apocal moment in your life does. It marks the beginning of something new. It's a moment in time on the timeline of your life that's so significant that it changes everything. Life was one way before that moment and everything's different after that. That's an epochal moment. And I really believe the Lord was saying to us that as 2020 was coming to a close and 2021 was beginning, that for this church and this body of, of believers and this family, it would be an apocalypse moment. A moment that marked the beginning of a new development and a new era. Well, to mark the beginning of a new development, what do you have to do at the same time? You mark the end of an old one. I bring this up to you because somebody sent this to me this week and I want to read it to you. This is a word that came to a man named Brother Jerry Savell. I think many of you know who he is. Okay, good. I won't take time explaining him then. But this was the word of the Lord to him some months back and I hadn't seen this until somebody sent it to me just a day or two ago. Listen to it. I want you to decide if you think we're hearing from the Lord or not. He said recently, while in a time of fellowship with the Holy Spirit, I heard him speak these words, a new era has begun. A new era has begun, and more and more signs and wonders will be seen in 2021. For those who will heed my voice, remember we talked several weeks ago about how to, how to get to this abundant life? Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. He said, for those who will heed my voice and obey my words, they'll experience my goodness and my power as never seen or heard. They'll see the fruit of their faithfulness come bursting forth. They'll prosper and flourish like never before. Abundance and overflow, that's what they'll see. I'll bring it to pass because of their love and their obedience to me. No longer will their enemy have the upper hand for my spirit is moving and an outpouring of my power is coming upon the land. Many triumphant voices will mark this new era. It's what I've planned, so rest in me. Is the Lord speaking to us or what? The the beginning of a new development, a new era. Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. He's speaking to us. Thank you, Lord. He went on to say a few days later. The Lord spoke to him again. He said, yes, a new era is here. It's already begun. I've planned marvelous things for you in 2021. Abundant overflow is the order of the day. So rest assured it's on its way. Your adversary can't stop what I've already decreed. So stay in faith and get ready to receive. Allow no one to discourage you by what they say. Keep looking to me and I'll have my way. Then he said later on, the Lord spoke to him again and said, Tell my people they'll need to remain strong and stay close to me so they'll not be deceived by their enemy. His attacks will intensify, he'll try to prevail, but my power is greater and it will not fail. Fear not, nor be fretful over whatever will come. The battle is mine, I've already won. Contrary to what you'll see and what you'll hear, 2021 will be a great year, a year of abundance and overflow. That's my plan, and it shall be so. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Did you hear those words? A new era has begun. I believe that's what you and I are in, in this moment, in this church family, and anybody else who wants to grab a hold of this word and say, that's mine. We're marking the beginning of a new era in our lives. And whatever has held on for too long that has been a thief to you or to your family, whatever has tried to steal and kill and destroy, take away and rob from you, I'm I'm declaring it in Jesus' name, it's over. It's over. And life more abundantly has begun. We thank you for it, Lord. But again, Jesus here, he said this in John 10 to a bunch of people who were alive, so to speak. So there's got to be something else, right? There's got to be more to this life than just having a heartbeat in your chest, than just having blood flowing through your veins, just up walking around. Those are good things, but there's got to be more to life. Life is more than just having a pulse. And it takes you and I possessing the ability to look beneath the surface. I want to talk to you about that this morning, looking beneath the surface. You're in John 10, back up to John chapter six. John chapter six, it's a long chapter and we won't take time to read the whole thing. But you remember in the first 14 verses, Jesus does this amazing miracle. People had followed him, this huge crowd, thousands of people, 5,000 men plus women and children had followed him, tracked him down in the wilderness. And Jesus gets this bright idea, let's feed them. Let's feed all these people. And he says to his disciples, where are we going to buy food? And man, these guys didn't have the answer, did they? They got to looking at the size of the crowd. They got to looking with the money that they had on hand. It didn't make sense. How are we even going to give them a little? But if you read the whole passage, Jesus wasn't trying to give them a little. He's never trying to give somebody a little. He fed these people to the full till they were satisfied. And we talked about that last week and how what Jesus said in John chapter 10, if you look at the New Living Translation, he said, I came to give them a rich and satisfying life. And he satisfied those people, even their physical hunger, even their natural and a material need. Jesus, Jesus fed them. Again, whose idea was it to feed these people? Jesus' idea. Whose idea was it to provide for them liberally so much to the full till it overflowed and they had more than enough left over? Whose idea was that? Wasn't the disciples' idea. They were trying to figure out how to give everybody a little. That's what religion does. It tries to figure out a way to give everybody a little. That's not in the plan of God. His plan is to give anyone who will call on him, believe in him, and walk in faith according to his word, he will satisfy, fill you to the full until it overflows. And you see that there in these first 14 verses. And then Jesus and his disciples go on from there. And this crowd the next day comes looking for him. And you see this in John chapter 6. Obviously they're looking for him. They want him to do that thing with the food again. They even say it in John chapter six, uh, down around verse 25, when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, uh Oh, easy, easy. <laughs> Thank you. That's a good friend who will do that for you right there. <laughs> in John chapter six, verse 25, it says, when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when'd you come here? And Jesus, he called him on it, didn't he? Verse 26, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. He said, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the son of man will give you because God the father has set his seal on him. And they answered and said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? In other words, if you're not going to do the thing with the food again, teach us how to do it. See, they had it in their mind. All we have to do is follow this guy around and we'll never have to buy another meal. This guy is money. We'll just follow him. And Jesus called him on. He said, you're not looking for me. You're looking for another free meal. He said, don't labor for that. I'll provide it for, but don't be laboring for that. Don't make that your priority. And Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. That's your work. I'm telling you, there's something in the nature of flesh that doesn't like that. That when God tells you, here's your job, here's your work, believe. Flesh goes, no, 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 there's got to be more. No, come on. What what is it really? Okay, yeah, faith. Praise God. What do I really have to do? And you can tell, right? I mean, we're all about the six keys to this and the four steps to that, right? We're all about, oh, give, give me these things to do and I'll turn this key and unlock this door and ta-da, I'll have what I need. See, we're, there's something in the nature of flesh that wants to be able to point to what you have and say, look what I did. Look what I made, right? We even use those terms, I made a living. I make a living. And there's pride in it. It's sort of like the, the, the picture painted of quote unquote early man. Me make fire. <laughs> Me make fire provide for family. <clears throat> Do you realize that you pointing at what you've made and your success and all your good stuff Sounds the exact same way in the ears of God. Me, make living for family. Me, work hard 40 hours a week and provide food for table. (laughs) There's something in the nature of man that wants to point to what he's got and say, look what I did. But Jesus said, your work is to believe. Now don't misunderstand me. Our faith has corresponding action to it. But it's not intended that you or I ever get to a place to where we point to what we have or what's come into our lives and we say, look what I did. We point to it and say, look how good God is. Look how good God is. And he's blessed the labor of my hand. And he put me in the right job. And he gave me strength to go to work. And he graced me with ability that I didn't know I had or even could have. What are you doing? You, all this is believing. This is your work. And Jesus said, your work is to believe these people. They're funny. Whoever they elected as their spokesman was, was pretty funny. He said in verse 30, um, therefore they said to him, well, what sign will you perform that we may see and believe you? What work will you do? They didn't even let him answer. This is what they said. Our fathers ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. In other words, okay, you want us to believe? Why don't you do a sign? I know. I know. Feed us. They're still trying to get this meal out of Jesus. Can you see this? Come on, do a sign. Oh, then we'll believe. And that spawned this whole conversation between Jesus and these people that took a hard left turn, man. I I don't know another way to say it, but Jesus began to tell them, yeah, you know what Moses gave you? That wasn't manna from heaven. That was not the bread from heaven. I am. Now, you and I had the luxury of 2,000 years looking back on this and like, okay, I get what he's saying. But these people did not get it. Why? Surface. Surface glance, shallow understanding of what he was saying. I'm the bread from heaven, he said. Now, he went on and just made things way worse when he told them, You have to eat my flesh and you have to drink my blood. These people said, what now? <laughs> did, did, did he say eat his? That's not the meal Jesus we came for. We want you to do the thing with the trisket again, how you broke it and then the, and the fish sticks and that was great. Can you just, if you'll do that, we'll be good. We'll go. He said, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Now you and I are sitting here again with all this history and we understand, but these people didn't understand it. We understand communion. At least on some level, we understand what Jesus was saying and how he's made available to us at the communion table the ability to partake of his flesh and to to drink of his blood. Now, nobody's gnawing on Jesus' arm. Nobody's drinking the blood that was running through his veins. But we understand all that. We understand the way and what he was saying. These people did not. And it says in John chapter 6, verse 66, well, even before that, that these people got offended. They said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear this? It's hard because they're just looking at the surface of it. And in John chapter 6, verse 66, it says, From that time, many of his disciples, listen to this, went back and walked with him no more. They went back. You might look at this and think, that's a sad day, man. The disciple... The discipleship program, I guess, if you will, of Jesus Evangelistic Association had really grown and, and they had a lot of new members and they were really, really increasing. It was great, right? Until Jesus starts talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And then all of a sudden people hear something they don't understand. They hear something that doesn't make sense on the surface. So what'd they do? They went back. went back. Went back to what? Whatever it was they were doing before they were following him. Now the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that the just shall walk by faith. Then he said, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. That's why he said there in in Hebrews chapter 10, we are not of those who draw back. Back. So if you're, if you're walking by faith and then all of a sudden you stop and you start drawing back, what are you going back to? Sight, living by what you see, living by what you feel, living by leaning on your own understanding, your own reason, because if you're not walking forward in faith, you're going back in sight. And that's what happened to these people because, simply because they heard a word, everybody say a word, a word they didn't get. One word. They didn't understand it. Because all they could do is see on the surface of it.